we just got to remember, I think, that everyone who you're reaching out to is a human being with their own life. And like the reason that perhaps you find us so valuable to hear from is because we do have jobs in the industry. And that means we have less time, unfortunately, to be helping on the side. And that anything we do give has to come from a place of overflow. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. And I'm Femke. And in this episode today, we're going to talk a bit about how to ask for advice, how to reach out to people. I've actually been getting quite a lot of requests lately. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think you get the occasional one too, Charlie. Oh, yes. <laughs> From people reaching out to me, asking for career advice, asking if I could look at their portfolio, or they might have specific questions about design or challenges that they're facing at, at their workplace that they want some help and guidance on. And I recently opened up some mentoring sessions via Superpeer. And so I've kind of been directing people towards this to book time with me, but I thought it would still be you know, an interesting conversation to have with you, Charlie, on, you know, how to ask for advice or like what's the best way to reach out to people if you're wanting some one-on-one -on -one guidance. So we're going to get into that, which I think is going to be really interesting. Before we do, Charlie, how, how are you? I know that you recently launched something exciting, if you want to share a bit about that. Yes. So Inside Marketing Design, my new series that is all about marketing design at different tech companies went live this week. Well, last week by the time this episode comes out. Um, and I'm just stoked with the reaction to it so far. People seem to be liking it. Woohoo! Um, I'm really pleased to have it out there. I'm really proud of it. I did a quick build on the website for it over the weekend. Um, I set myself this deadline. I was like, look, if you do not time box this for yourself, it's going to be a year <laughs> and you still haven't released the series because the website's not done. So basically, yeah, I was just like, okay, this weekend, whatever I get done, that's going to be the website. And so did it, got it out there. First episode, which is about uh, marketing design at ConvertKit, a solo episode is out. And um, this week, by the time this episode goes out, I'll be posting episode two, which is inside marketing design at Webflow. So everyone go check it out if that sounds interesting to you. <laughs> and where, where can people go? Tell us, tell us the link. You can go to insidemarketingdesign.co, which we'll put in the links in the show notes of this show. How about? Awesome. And I think it's so cool how you've made this like multiple formats. Like I can listen to it. I can watch it. Can I read it mm -hmm. as well? You can. You could read the transcript if you wow. so chose. It's not a great read, I would say. I, I don't know. It's, it's a literal transcript. And so it's not being written as a blog post. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's kind of, it's funny to read someone's like conversational tone <laughs> but <laughs> yep if you want to then you can read the transcript awesome i i think it's so cool that you did this actually quite quickly like i find often when we talk about these little side projects that we do on the show it can take us a good like year <laughs> oh are you referring to the font that i first started talking about in 2017 and only just recently maybe <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm very like proud that you like oh, you know thanks. executed on this actually pretty quickly I think is really awesome maybe thanks to the pandemic I don't know but yeah definitely regardless. partly because of that challenging yeah. the energy in it you know but also this year I did say that I wanted to become like a maker like someone who makes like a project and gets it out there and not necessarily like a long spanning thing I think I probably will end up doing more seasons of this show but it is like a time boxed project you know yeah 
And so, yeah, I'm excited to have it out there. Awesome. Well, congrats. I think it's super cool. Thanks. Well, what about you? What have you been up to? I went camping over the weekend, which was very nice. Oh, yes. I saw the pictures. It looked so peaceful. It was very nice. It was the first weekend that Ontario opened the campgrounds. So uh, it was lovely to finally be able to go out. And we had bought all of this camping gear like over the last six months because we've been really excited about camping in Canada. And so it was nice to finally actually go out and be able to use it. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of exciting when you like buy a new tent and then you sleep in it for the first time. I don't know. It's really nice. So yeah, I've been doing a bit of that. We had Canada Day yesterday, which is a thing I've learned since moving to Canada. Uh, So (laughs) we went for a nice hike and a little swim. And yeah, just kind of been trying to enjoy the summer while it's here as much as I can. Yeah, that's good. There's a while to go, right? So you've got more camping adventures in your future and more hikes and things, I'm sure. Totally. Yep. Nice. Well, let's get into today's episode. I'm excited that we're talking about this and I'm honestly surprised we haven't talked about it yet. Like, I don't think we've done an episode about this before, but I think this is a big problem in our industry. I think that the internet has connected everyone, which is both wonderful And also, it makes it really easy to reach out to people who you idolize or whose careers you admire Mm -hmm. and ask them for advice. But because of this, you can have a lot of one-sided personal relationships through social media, you know? Mm -hmm. And you might be reaching out to someone who you really admire, feeling like you know them, but they've never heard of you before. This is the first time they've ever learned you exist is in this email, you know? And so I think that oftentimes people perhaps expect a little bit too much from that first reach out and approach things in a way that doesn't help either party. So yeah, I'm excited to share some advice on this. I can't tell you from how many emails I've received from people wanting to pick my brain, offering to buy me coffee or saying like, let's meet up and don't worry, coffee's on me. Yeah. And I think the first couple of times it happens, it's really flattering, but And I don't know, I'm kind of worried that in saying this, it sounds super ungrateful and like I'm really up myself or something. But honestly, when it happens enough, you just you just feel like everyone wants to use you for something, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like if I wanted coffee, I can buy my own freaking coffee. Like that is not a benefit for me having a conversation with you. And it's kind of offensive that you think my time is only worth what, like three euros or however much a coffee costs. So I just wanted to kick off with a little rant about that and say that. I don't don't hold anything against anyone who has reached out like that because it's very common in our industry. And I think actually a lot of our professors at schools encouraging this or something. I don't know. I, I saw people talking about this the other day about how it's like been a surge lately. Yes. Over, like over the past year or so. It's time we sort this out. People need help. People have help to give, but this is not the right way to go about it, is what I'm saying. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know where this came from. Like when I was studying design or earlier in my career, I don't think I would have ever reached out to someone on the internet like that doesn't know me, that I admire and like ask them for one-on-one help or even expect that they would consider that. I, I don't know why that's considered so normal now. And I don't know, like why those people think that I like they deserve it I'm sorry (laughs) like that might sound awful but 
that they expect that I'm just going to fall over my, my knees to like one-on-one help these people that I've never heard of, uh, in their career. And I mean, it's not just that the volume of these requests that I get, I can't even imagine what it's like for you, Charlie, but for me, like I probably get at least one or two a day. And sometimes they're like, no joke, like 500 word, 1000 word emails. And in the past, you know, I, I have taken the time to respond and I have taken the time to try and help these people. And almost every time I never get a reply. I never get even just a thank you, you know? And after doing that for the last five years, I, I don't want to do that anymore. It's, it's not rewarding to me. It takes up a lot of my time. I have a full-time job. You know, it takes me a good half an hour to write these emails. And if I'm doing two of those a day, I, I just don't want to do that anymore. And so that's why I actually started the Super Peer Mentoring recently. I still wanted to, a, a way to help these people. I, I don't just want to say no, but I wanted to do it constructively and in a way that is valuable and benefits both of us. And so I thought, okay, well, if I set up these mentoring calls and I'll just, when I get these inquiries, I'll just direct them there. And so I, that's what I've just started doing. You know, whenever I get these requests, I'm like, Hey, like, would love to help you. You can book a time with me here on super Bear. Now I will admit not all of them do, right? Like I, I lose, I lose people there at that stage. And you know what? I'm kind of okay with it because the volume I get, I wouldn't really be able to fulfill all of them anyway. But I guess, yeah, I'm just still kind of trying to figure out where this came from. And I had similar questions to you, Charlie. I was like, are professors telling students to go out and do this? Or like, is it just that the internet has like made everyone feel more connected in a way that we didn't have before? Like if I think back to myself, like I figured a lot of it out on my own, you know? And and I think I find that people are very quick to jump to the can I pick, pick, pick your brain or, or can we have a coffee? Often, you know, I'm like, you could have figured this out a little bit on your own, right? I, I think, you know, at least trying a few things. That's what I find often too. It's not like, hey, I have this problem. This is what I've tried. It's, hey, I have this problem, like fix it for me. I think there is right ways to go about asking for advice. And I don't think it's wrong to reach out. I just think like there's a time and a place and a way to do that that's constructive and that respects the other person. Yeah, it's disappointing for me to hear about how many people that you did reply to and then didn't even receive a thanks. And that to me is just a sign of this bigger problem, right? If we are expecting a lot from our mentors and people online and um, both of us, I'm going to speak for you now, Femme, but we are not seeing ourselves as experts in design. We have our own mentors and our own people who (laughs) we idolize and admire and, you know, there's people who I'm trying to like slide into the DMs of, you know, and and become (laughs) friends with because I just really admire them as creators and I want them to be part of my network. I want to be part of their network, but I am not reaching out to them saying like cold emailing saying, can I pick your brain and expecting anything of them? Yeah. I would say that every single piece of communication I have with the people who I admire, I go in never expecting them to reply and like being stoked if I even get a like a one word response to something that I've said to them, you know? And I think that that's the, I, when I was in design school, that was kind of the attitude I had as well. I did a lot of reaching out to people. I'm thinking back to projects that I worked on. Like my, my major project for my design degree, for example, involved me reaching out to people and like trying to get their thoughts on a topic. And if ever someone would reply, I was stoked and I never expected people to reply. And I was asking them like a simple question and just really appreciative whenever they did respond, but wasn't, 
holding anything against anyone if they didn't respond, you know? It's disappointing for me when I, I, I don't often dig into my Instagram DMs. I feel like they're like the worst part of the internet for me, maybe because I'm not <laughs> on Facebook really. Um, so I don't often go into the unapproved or whatever category in Instagram, but sometimes I do and I see questions from people where they've asked a perfectly reasonable question, but when I haven't replied within a day, they've followed up with, hello, like, yeah. why aren't you helping me sort of thing? And I'm like, what, what? I got a life to live, man. I can't be answering your question within 24 hours yeah. that you sent me on Instagram in a DM we've never even talked before. Yeah. Maybe we should stop complaining now because I'm worried <laughs> that we're putting people off. And I I honestly, I don't want to come across as ungrateful either because obviously people are asking us advice because they trust us and they admire us, which is extremely flattering for sure. But like you said, Fem, a lot of the questions we get asked are things that people could Google. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I become a web designer? Okay, what have you done so far? Like you said, what have you tried? I would be much more inclined to reply to someone if they said, look, this is where I am. I'm doing this. This is the next specific, very specific problem I'm trying to solve. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the thing. We can't expect people reach, we reach out to to read a novel <laughs> that we've written. We can't expect them to do all the work for us. Yeah. Um, we have to show that we've tried googled on our own and we and that why their expertise in particular is what we need in response to this that's some some quick first thoughts on on some advice yeah i don't know about you as well but for me like maybe almost half of the questions i get i've already answered before in a video in a podcast episode on a blog post on the resources page on my website a lot of the time like this person has just found me a few days ago right or whatever they, they haven't actually tried to see if I've answered this question before or haven't consumed any of my content and I'm much less inclined to help that person out compared to someone who you know maybe has been following me for a little bit maybe we've had a couple like natural dms or something and has more specific problem they're trying to solve or a challenge that they're trying to work towards and they've tried some things you know just how you frame the outreach matters a lot and and can really influence my I guess first impression of of what you're trying to look for and, and what you're expecting from me uh, so it, it is it is frustrating to get these these kind of messages where clearly they haven't even tried on their own to, to see if there's an answer out there. But okay, let's get to more of the constructive uh, advice part of this episode. One part I did want to say on that though, Fem, is yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel those are the types of emails that I reply to with a link to the content when I can, like when I'm in the headspace that I can reply, because I, I think it's a bit unreasonable to expect someone to have seen all of the stuff that we've ever put out, you know, so yeah, that's what I would just say on that, that uh, I don't mind, I don't, I don't consider it like a mark against someone when they ask a question that I have answered somewhere before. Uh, I just see that as, oh, I've been doing my job well as a content creator and anticipating people's needs um, and send them a link to it. But I also don't feel bad when I don't reply because I know that information's out there and they'll find it eventually if they really need to. That's, that's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. Okay, advice then. What do you do at the moment, Fem, when there's someone you admire and you want to reach out to them or like you you want to get their advice you want to I don't know network with them in some way what's your first step what do you do so typically I will only reach out if we've had some sort of light conversation in the past or they I think they know who I am I'm I don't often reach completely out of the blue to like strangers um, or people that 
you know, I, I don't think know who I am or that I don't have any kind of existing connection with. Is that the same for you? Or has, like, have there been times where you've reached completely out of the blue to somebody? For me, I can't really think of, of a time that I've done that. No, I think I definitely take the approach of like micro interactions before mm. ha- having a big ask for someone. Yes. I think we've talked about this sort of thing before in episodes about networking and about building your network, but I approach asking for advice the same way in that I'm not waiting until I have a problem to right. reach out to someone. And like, that's when I start thinking about who I need to be asking these questions of. I'm constantly working on my network and relationships with other designers in a completely genuine way. And that, you know, it's filled with people who I just genuinely think are great and I want to get to know better. And I love the work that they're doing, so I want to follow it. So for me, I would say that my first interaction with someone when they're someone that I really admire would be to follow them on social media (laughs) and start replying to the like things that they put out there. Yeah. Supporting their work, that sort of thing. That is my first step. I know that's not very useful advice for someone who is in a bind and like has an urgent question, but I also would say that you can't rely on um, a stranger on the internet for the urgent stuff like that. And so start now essentially building up your network with these little micro interactions. Yeah. I've actually, I can say as well from the other side of things, as someone on Twitter and, you know, as a person that people reach out to, there is a handful of people who I always notice in my replies and who I always notice sharing things that I put out there. And when one of them DMs me and asking a question, I always prioritize answering them over answering people that I've never talked to before. Yeah. It matters, right? And it, it, it works. People will notice you being supportive and like we said at the start you can't expect anything of them so you can't feel bad feelings or like feel disappointed <laughs> if they don't reply but more often than not it will not go unnoticed that you are supporting someone and just communicating and treating them like a human basically totally yeah I think this comes like back to just building that network that I know we've talked a lot about on various episodes in the show but I guess my approach is building that network so that when I'm in these situations or have these questions, I have a trusted source that I can go to as opposed to then, you know, being in that pickle where like, oh my gosh, I'm under this pressure or I have to make a decision about something and I need some help and advice. Oh my gosh, who online can I like cold reach out to, to for help in this area? So I definitely agree. I think like, I like the term warm leads in a way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I've seen Chris do from the future talk a little bit about this topic as well uh, on like the success of generating these warm leads and having these micro interactions and building your network as opposed to like the cold outreach thing that often, you know, just doesn't work as successfully. So yeah, I suppose that's what I do. I, I have this network of trusted people that I've kind of been putting those small micro interactions with and having these light conversations, supporting their work, you know, sharing the cool stuff that they're doing uh, so that when it, when the time comes that I might want to reach out to them for advice, it's not this like cold, like where did this person come from? Like they've at least heard of me or, or seen me sharing their work. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's a great place to start for people and also to realize that it's a, an ongoing thing. Like, personally I know my network is never going to be done like I'm never going to be have too many great people to get advice from or you know to learn from by following online it's a thing I'm constantly working on building 
And so I, that's what I would advise most of all is to start getting involved online and start actively and publicly supporting people's work so that they do notice, um, do notice that happening. Can you think of any examples where you've had a good, like, outreach <laughs> inquiry from somebody who you've been really happy to to help or to support? And what, like, what made that, like, just so instantly you're like, yes, I'm going to help this person? Oh, loads. I and mean, most of it has been from people who, like I said, I've noticed them sharing my stuff. Some of them have been in my Patreon, you know, they've been actively supporting me there or just I've seen them in my YouTube comments for a while. Yeah. And when they reach out, I don't even see them as, oh, this is a, a viewer asking me for advice. I see them as, oh, this is my like online acquaintance, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reaching out. So I'm going to respond to them. Uh, and I do see things that way. Recently, I had a, I'm like, what was for some reason coming to mind is an email from a designer who works at awards you know what I'm how many w's oh, I'm saying yes, when I yes. say that oh, right awards. Yeah. Awards. <laughs> awards. yeah so I didn't know but they're based in Valencia and uh yeah they, they were like oh you know we saw this happening they, they were actually asking if I'd take part in this thing and I was like well I'm not interested in adding anything to my plate right now and they're like oh well that's a that's right we should catch up sometime we should like have a coffee or something and I was like yes we should and you know why because you have approached me as an equal you have approached me as a peer I don't feel like I'm going to be walking into this coffee meeting and, you know, you're going to be taking from me. I'm going to be getting as much as I'm giving right. by meeting up. And like, this is mutually beneficial. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the the way to go about when you do get to the point where you're asking someone to meet up in person, especially, which is a much bigger ask, obviously, than just expecting or hoping someone replies to your email. Make it clear what is mutually beneficial about the situation. And that is much easier to get across when you have had these micro interactions, when you've built up some sort of relationship in the past so that people know, like I've met up with, with viewers um, in person. Actually, ooh, here's a good example of one. Um, Nancy Palm, who is my video editor. And I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but hi, Nancy, if you're listening. She was a viewer on my YouTube channel for a while. Um, she would follow me on, on Twitter and, you know, respond to things. She would reply in the comments and I would recognize her name. Mm-hmm. And when I was going to New York one year, she reached out and was like, hey, we, we should, should we meet up? And I was like, yes, we should meet up. You are a designer. You've been following me for a long time. And I feel like I've gotten to know you through bits and pieces of things you've shared with me in your comments on my videos. And so let's meet up. We hung out and now, you know, we're friends and I hire her to edit my videos and she does a great <laughs> job. And that I think is a great example of, you know, outreach and networking done very, very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess why are people not doing that more? Where do you think this pick your brain thing phenomenon comes from? And I don't know about you, but I've sometimes been met with, you know, not super nice replies when I decline wanting to help someone. So I guess how do we encourage people to to shift towards like seeing it more as building a network than just like outreaching cold to people? Yeah, that's tough because... I don't know, it would feel weird to reply to one of those emails and be like, well, actually, you're not asking about this the right way. <laughs> and so I hope that actually us putting out this episode, maybe maybe people will get the hint a little bit. I don't know. But um, I don't know where it's coming from, but I think it is from the fact that social media is so open and, you know, we are out there publishing videos, publishing content, helping people. So we're obviously 
people are reaching out because we're putting ourselves out there as educators, right? As people who have advice to share, which is great. But we just got to remember, I think, that everyone who you're reaching out to is a human being with their own life. And like the reason that perhaps you find us so valuable to hear from is because we do have jobs in the industry and we are working. And that means we have less time, unfortunately, to be to be helping on the side and anything we do give has to come from a place of overflow for me anyway. I have to take care of myself and those close to me first and foremost. And when there is overflow, that's when I will get on calls or respond to emails uh, and do that sort of thing. But just lowering expectations, I think would be, be a good, good place to start that if you want to reach out, don't expect anything in return. <laughs> yeah. Or like know that like me responding to you is not my number one priority. Right. Whereas like for that person, like maybe this is a real crisis that they're going through or they need, need a quick response. Um, yeah, I guess I just wish that people would understand a little bit more that I can't, I don't have capacity to just keep helping everybody for free all, all the time, writing all these, you know, long email responses. So that's often for me, the disappointment. I, I don't mind as much people, you know, reaching out. What does bother me is that when I tell them I can't help them or when I, you know, try to steer them to, to super pair to book a call with me, I get met with someone being very disappointed or being outraged that I don't have the time for them. Um, and, you know, come on, like, I, I don't know. I, I really find that disappointing that is disappointing that these people think that they that I have like time for this stranger you know yeah the way I approach it is it's you know from the inside out so my close inner circle gets my attention first and foremost if they're not asking for any help right now or if I haven't like seen anyone in need then I'll look out further and like I do truly want to help people and it does truly break my heart that I can't help everyone who comes in my email inbox but yeah that is just not a way for me to live. And so we can't do that. And I think it's really disappointing to hear that people have, you've been met with, you know, outrage at saying that you have these mentorship sessions because aren't people reaching out to you because they know you have good advice to share? Yeah, you'd think. (laughs) And so do they not think it's worth it? Like I understand if they can't afford it because not everyone can, but you don't need to get mad at someone because of that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's just something that I've been experiencing lately and I just find it a little bit disappointing. So I guess that's also a piece of advice to our listeners. If, you know, if they decline, um, respect that they've declined, you know, that they've made that decision. Maybe they're too busy or, you know, can't prioritize it right now or have too many requests, you know, um, just be a bit more respectful of that decision and, and understand that that person's time is is valuable and that it's up to them how they how they spend that time and if they decide to spend it on you then that's a gift and and we should be really grateful for that uh so just wanted to share that little tidbit as well yeah I love that and I do like I'm wondering if we're kind of preaching to the choir in this (laughs) episode by now you know because our listeners have been listening to us for a long time and they know our approach to things and I don't know. I just feel like maybe our listeners to this podcast in particular don't really need to hear this information. Yeah. <laughs> but how we can all help is to encourage our friends to, you know, when they're looking for advice, to be asking for it the, the right way um, and to just be sharing, like spreading the word on this, you know, spreading the word on building a network and forming relationships versus a one-off cold outreach. 
Um, the more people that talk about it, I think the more it hopefully will catch on and become the main way that, that people do things. Yep, totally. Well, hopefully this has been interesting for our listeners to listen to, even though I'm sure they're not the type of people that fall into this category of what we've been talking about. But yeah, it's been really interesting to hear from you, Charlie, how you kind of handle these and what kind of influences you deciding to take on that request. Uh, So thanks for sharing some of your insight there. Yeah, you too, fam. I feel like these types of episodes are just, they're just good, really nice and cathartic for us to... (laughs) just talk about it and be honest. And I do, I don't know, like right now I'm feeling a little bit sick, like wonder, worrying that what, what impression people are going to have based on this and like, if they're going to judge me or whatever, but I don't ever want to let that feeling stop me from being honest on this show. And so, yeah, hopefully people enjoyed it. Hopefully you got some value out of it and let's go on building our networks with genuine relationships. How about that? Yeah, that sounds like the way to go. Uh, all right. Charlie, where can people go to hear more of our episodes? Head to designlife.fm and you will find all of the rest of the episodes of my podcast. We've got so much advice on there. Some of the episodes, admittedly, are very old by now because we have been doing this a long time. (laughs) So um, if you come across a topic that we touched on years ago and you'd like to hear a more updated version or like to hear if our thoughts have changed, please reach out to us and and ask because that is actually one. We didn't talk about this in the show, but... um, one way that we handle giving advice when people reach out is to turn it into an episode topic. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You know, that makes it something we can talk about on the show. And instead of just helping one person in one email, we can spread it out and help anyone who else who might have that question. So um, that's like another way we respond to, to things like that. Let us know. We're on Twitter at designlifefm, or you can reach out via our website. We'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, talk to you in another episode, Charlie. See you next week. Bye.